Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera. We all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're going to be going over some interesting stuff today. We got some more NAR drama and there's actually a debate coming up, too, I want to talk about between Michael Ketchmark and another real estate leader. We've got home insurance shocks going through the housing market because of fire, wind, and flood risk. And we're also going to be talking about the things realtors need to have with them so they are able to go do business and be in the arena, which I think is something that's very undervalued in today's climate. So if you get some value out of any of these topics, make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Click on the bell for notifications, or if you want to schedule a call about your own real estate needs, there's a link in the comments where you can schedule a call with our amazing team. So this is something that, you know, insurance to me is like the redheaded stepchild. Are you allowed to say that anymore? I have a redheaded daughter, so so I think I'm okay. I feel like you're probably allowed to. You're okay. Yeah, I I do. Yes, I I have a lot of redheaded people in my family, but uh, it's, it's something people forget about. I've heard mortgage officers say it's a same day approval process, which is Mm. bad advice. Um, And... Now, thanks to uh, Lance Lambert, who I've had the pleasure to talk with a couple times, he put together an article on uh, the Resi Club. It's resiclubanalytics.com. It's it's probably the most insightful housing website that's out there because it's all about housing. Like, you go to some of these other sites, and they tell you about, like, financial models and all this stuff. This is just housing, which I, which I appreciate, and agents should, too. So it's a must-follow for me. Um, we're a paid subscriber there. And there's three specific types of homeowners insurance shocks that are coming um one affects pennsylvania a little more than others but there's a lot of folks and there's some maps here i'll have nick put these up on the post op that there's an insurance correction happening around the country right now due to fire risk due to wind risk and due to flood risk and around here we see flood probably the most out of the three do people really factor in their insurance when they're buying houses? Like, I mean, you guys are on this all the time. I, I a lot of buyers, and when we actually give them a free quote, we give them a free clue report to all our clients. Most people just ignore this stuff, is what I found. And now rates are getting jacked up, and there's a lot of things happening in the insurance industry. So, what, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that you want to that you want to factor in. I mean, I know when we do our cost sheets for if you're on like you know the your buyer estimates. Um, I usually try to let, I, I intentionally try to inflate them a little bit just so that, you know, you'd rather have that number come down than, than go up. Um, but definitely like as soon as you get under contract, you want to start getting on that. Cause you don't know if you are going to have an issue or something's going to come up or you do need to really like shop around or piece some things together. Yeah, I agree. If it's someone who has already, owned a home or currently owns a home and they're going into their next home, it's probably a little bit easier process and they know this is something that they have to to inquire about. Mm-hmm. But if it's a first-time home buyer who doesn't have a clue about homeowner's insurance, now maybe if they're renting, they hopefully have renter's insurance, but you really need to address that because that is a part of their monthly payment mm-hmm. because the um, lender is going to factor that into their escrow. Yeah, because that's included. The lender's not going to let you go uninsured, and if you were to go uninsured, they're going to apply a policy to you, and it's going to be outrageously expensive. So, yeah. I think to to bring it up sooner than later, especially I think in the in the buyer consult, mm-hmm. that's how important it is. Especially s- since we've been hearing 
so many things in the news about um, how the insurance is, is higher now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other risk factors like flood insurance. Is this property in a flood zone? Do I yep. need an extra policy, which is going to really increase your cost annually? And I'm hearing that there are uh, insurance companies that prior to your renewal, they'll send a drone out over your home and take pictures of your roof and send you letters of either uh, potential termination if you don't address your uh, <laughs> what looks to be like a failing roof right. or, um, you know, if the roof's okay, then they'll renew. But typically it, it is at a higher cost. So it, it's yeah. there's a lot of things going on in, in the land of insurance. So it's something to be aware of and to make our clients aware of too. Right. And I mean, there's like unforeseen things that will pop up. I mean, I recently had a client who we closed on his new house last month. He was in, he was renting and there was a fire in his, like it didn't start in his mm-hmm. um, apartment. It was like the one below or adjacent. It did carry into his it, there was a fire damage. Again, nothing, and he had renter's insurance and all of that, but then getting insured on, like, the homeownership side, like, that came up, and that was something that took a little bit for them to, like, work through and get, like, the different documentation showing that, because it, it didn't happen that long ago, so it wasn't, like, a closed case, if you will. Right, so if you had past claims mm-hmm. on your policy, that is definitely, whether it's your fault or not, right? It's definitely going to come into play for any new policies. I had a similar situation about that. We had an arson on one of our rental properties, mm-hmm. and it stuck oh. with us for five years. Yeah. So our insurance policies were so inflated, even though we were victims of an arson. Right. You right. know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, we this wasn't even our fault. They're right. Like, well, that's, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's pay gonna up. Be on, yeah. Pay <laughs> up, sister. It's going to be on your uh, record for five years. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely something to be aware of. Sure. To give some perspective here, um, and and we're most uh, uh, we're most I'm trying to think of the word here. The, the flood is the biggest risk susceptible. here. Susceptible. Yeah, susceptible. There you go. Thank you, Sarah. Good. You can tell we're doing this for a while. So, <laughs> the most susceptible to uh, flood risk here. There's a lot of like underground streams and things that run along uh, the greater Philadelphia area that people don't realize. Um, in terms of fire, there's 3,075 U.S. counties that were analyzed. 46 counties. Uh, had a least at 50% of the local housing properties identified as risk of insurance correction for fire. So that's a, that's a decent amount, and it's typically places like California, Arizona, Nevada, uh, but then also in the Pacific Northwest, Texas, a couple places in Florida. Interesting that they didn't highlight Hawaii on there. Well, I, uh, maybe it's too new. You know, I don't. They don't have anything in Hawaii or Alaska, so I don't know if they were analyzed. That's that's yeah. on all these maps here. Um, and in terms of wind risk, so for our friends at the Jersey Shore, this is something where the, 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 you know, all the, all, basically the whole coastline on the East Coast is identified as wind risk. 368 out of the 3,075 U.S. counties um, had at least 50% of the local properties identified as uh, insurance correction opportunities because of wind risk. And for flood, this is now this is the interesting one because flood, they redid the flood maps a couple years ago. And like Downingtown specifically, there's like an area of Downingtown that's in a flood zone. There's parts of Wynwood that are in a flood zones, uh, parts of Wayne that are in flood zones. And all of a sudden, these properties that never had flood insurance, they had flood insurance. So if you're a real estate agent right now, I don't care where you are, you're doing your clients a disservice if you're not talking about the insurance process up front. This needs to be, hey, this is a component of your payment. 
It's going to be part of something you pay for the next 30 years. And I'd be giving them referrals to people that aren't a big box company. Those are like the worst places you can go. It's kind of like a mortgage. Like you don't want to go to Geico or State Farm. I would rather them go to a, a broker or someone local that can say, hey, here's five different quotes. Or I'm going to shop this around for you. Kevin Hamill with Alliances Insurance has been on the show a number of times, and he's, you know, he actually connected Sarah and I in the first place, um, and he's notoriously saved people lots of money just by reviewing their policies with them. And so many home buyers, they just mail it in. Oh, I got car insurance with these people. Yeah. Oh, they, they, uh-huh. they do my whatever insurance. I'm going to go with them instead of actually shopping it around and trying to bundle. And it's a mistake that consumers are making right now. And in an era where affordability is a challenge, this is, this is a part of your payment. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care what anyone says. So it's something that really needs to be addressed. And agents could do a much better job, especially at the initial meeting like you talked about, to, to really understand this a little better. When Kevin's also a great resource for, let's say I'm out showing a property to somebody and it is in like a flood zone or it's kind of like unclear, I can just like shoot him an email, send him a text and be like, hey, like just ballpark me here. And he gets back very quickly with like, it'll probably be about this much so that you know going in even before you write your offer and stuff if that's something you need to factor in and uh, you hear flood insurance, and I think in some cases think like, oh, no way, like that's going to be a deal breaker. In some cases, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You just have right. to like, it's case by, you just have to know. You have to check. Right. Well, he he, um, he also has the ability to get private flood insurance, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know is a thing. And this has helped me sell properties because most agents aren't informed in this. And it's it's a challenge for buyers because you, you've got to get insurance to get your loan approved. That that mm-hmm. That's an underwriting requirement period there's there's no question about it so what he's done for uh clients of mine when i've had listings and and they actually do get significant flooding it's not like hey you're in a flood zone but it's hey this property might flood at some point yeah and people buy these homes anyway they always do he will give a quote and it's typically like 27 to 32 percent less than what the fema flood insurance quote would be so there's options out there and the way people shop for mortgages they should be shopping for homeowners insurance Mm -hmm. and 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 really (laughs) have a great understanding of you don't want to go for the cheapest policy or right. cheapest price. I mean, honestly, this is your largest, this is your Investment. largest asset. Mm-hmm. Why would you skimp on it? You right. know what I mean? I just, because when you need it, you need it. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm an insurance agent right now, but <laughs> it's so true. It just comes from personal experience and like, thank goodness we had like this amazing policy because we were, we were made whole um, whereas other people that we know have had problems and they weren't made whole. There's so many different languages. So when you do talk uh, to your agent, and, you know, Kevin's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just love him because he saved me a bunch of money, got me great policies, mm-hmm. um, so he can do the same for everybody out there. But he will go into detail and help you understand what you're buying right? and how much coverage you have and what you're going to be covered for, and I think it's that's vital. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it, it's just another example of, Things that get missed in the initial meeting when meeting with a real estate agent, if they're not talking about this or at least giving you a perspective, then what ends up happening is it causes a problem later. And sometimes you mentioned we talk about the clue report, right? So the clue report is the report of claims over the past five years on a property. Well, if there's a claim on a property you're buying, even though it wasn't yours, so you got pinged for arson, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe the criminal should be paying your insurance, not the uh, person that actually. They're in prison. Well, good. <laughs> they caught him. Yeah, they did. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. So then, so that guy's getting <laughs> that guy or, or woman is getting uh, what they deserve. But yes. the the point is, these things that aren't your fault right. will impact your payment. And 
if you don't know that and there's a surprise at the table and like your other house is sold, you're already moved out. I mean, there's a lot of things that go and, and so many people wait until literally the last day to get insurance. I've seen this yeah. happen all yeah. the time when I'm on the seller side and it's hey, you should be doing this like the first like week because mm-hmm. if you don't like it, that's when you can maybe get out of the transaction based on the contingencies, not a day before settlement. Right. Mm-hmm. 100%. So that's what we got with insurance. The other thing I want to cover here um, is what's going on in the market because we're always looking at like economic trends and how things are happening. And there was an interesting article that just dropped on Housing Wire. I want to get your take on this. Um, it was from Logan Motoshami, um, and what he was talking about is that he feels fewer homes are going to be making price adjustments in the spring than what we've seen the past six months. I. I this, to me, is a loaded headline. I don't like it for a lot of reasons. He's talking about percentages. Um, and here's the, here's the numbers for the first week of the year. So in 2022, the first week of the year was 22.6% of listings had a price adjustment. The second, uh, in 2023, the first week of the year, 36.5% of all listings had a price adjustment. And in 2024, it was 32.8%. So it's down a little bit from last year. What do you see about the health of the market? Because price adjustments to me are more about strategy from sellers, what demand is like. What do well, you, what, and like the historic or like the normal, you know, outside of, you know, if certain things going on in the market, it's usually what, 30, 33 to 36% gen- would I, get, I, like I, I don't know the answer. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know the answer for that for sure. Um, I, if I did, I would tell you. I just, I find that it's, this this is just such a – it's really misleading for a lot of people. I don't like this headline at all. Wait, what was the headline again? Fewer homes will take a price cut in the spring. Yeah. I Well, first of all, when – you know, uh, we still have clients asking about they're going to wait for the prices to drop, right? And it could be because they see headlines like, like this. this that allude to, like, price drops or there, there was a bunch of price drops in the past. But, I mean, we do see price – adjustments mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's typically because the house was aggressively priced in the beginning right so if and buyers are smart mm-hmm. they'll look and they'll wait um, but if a home has been you know priced very aggressively and after the first couple of weeks they're not getting any bites you have to make a price adjustment right so I think this was where the majority of these numbers come from because mm-hmm. when it was fast and furious in 2020 2021 you know the homes wouldn't sit Right. I mean, they, they just, they went under contract no matter what, you know, right. sellers. So when sellers are like, yeah, I'm going to list it for X, Y, Z, you right. know, and we know it's 75 grand too high. Yeah. But, you know, that's exactly what the seller wants to do. Right. And we test the waters and we have to make a price adjustment. Then that's thrown into the category when uh, we knew from the very beginning it was overpriced. Right. Right. So I think that my experience already this year is that, um, there's homes that are going to be multiple offer situations mm-hmm. where we were just in one. There was eight offers. Yeah. It could have gone even more, but she cut everything short. Mm-hmm. So because of the interest rate drop, buyers mm-hmm. are coming back in, which is going to increase the competition. Right. So I think that's what he's alluding to. Like fewer homes will take a price cut because yeah. maybe the you know buyers are coming back into the fold. Right. And there's going to be, you know that push for uh, housing again, more so. You know, I I tend to agree with you because uh, pricing is so subjective. You have some sellers, they price their homes wildly and correctly. Some 
Agents recommend pricing low to get high. I don't think that's a great strategy either. So th- th- this headline's not great. What I do agree with, Stacy, and I think you're, you're on point, and maybe, I don't know if he wrote the headline, right? I mean, this might be Housing Wire doing it, but th- this is a bad headline. Fewer homes will take a price cut. You don't know how many homes are going to take a price cut. There's some homes that are great houses, and they're just priced high, and they're sitting yep. there. So mm-hmm. when you look at these percentages, um, and, and here's his explanation. If you continue the current seasonal trend, we're going to surpass the price cut percentage lows of 2023 by the spring. This is why following the housing market tracker that he put together and you're looking at mortgage rates, the 10-year purchase application data, it's going to be very critical. Um, that, that, that way you're not waiting for stale sales data, which I do agree with. Um, if, but if you look at when we saw a lot of price increases happen, the most price or, or price decreases, the most we've seen since 2019 was the second half of this year because rates were at 8% mm-hmm. and that slowed the market down. Um, now you're seeing a number that's in line with where we saw towards the beginning of last year, maybe a little higher, but with rates coming into the six, we're not going to see three or four. We're going to see more buyers come to the market for sure. And rates were lower last January. They were in the five, nine, nine range, not six and a quarter, six and three eighths. So I don't know that you can take that with, with the way it's, it's being said. And this really demonstrates why it's important to get the local data here. Cause this is a national number. You've got markets like Austin, San Antonio, places in Florida where they're seeing prices actually go down. Um, we're not seeing that here in the greater Philadelphia area. So when I look at this and, uh, and I, I see that piece of data being put out there, you know, I, I get a little nervous how that's going to be interpreted by home buyers when, like you're saying, you're seeing three, four, five, eight offers, however many. It's just a dangerous place to be in, and that really demonstrates the importance of having a financial planning meeting. We talked about this yesterday. Before you go out and look at homes, what payment do I need? How much cash do I need to show up with? Forget the rate. What's the monthly payment? These are the numbers that buyers should be looking at and the sellers that want to go out and buy something. Because if you don't have a strategy, then that's where you can get lost in, oh, I saw this on this website and I saw this other headline here. And any agent that doesn't guide their people with the right data, I mean, it it might be time for them just to get out of the business entirely or do something else. Right. Which we're going to see that happen this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> Hold that thought until the next segment here. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. The NAR president has resigned. This oh, is the second, my. Second, well, uh, second one we've seen in, in, in the last 12 months. We've got a debate coming up with a couple people with Michael Ketchmark from the Sitzer Burnett lawsuit and a, and a real estate uh, team leader. And we also have seen. A lot of people get out of the business just over the past month. We're going to talk about all what's happening next in the real estate industry on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender, NMLS 128501. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. 
Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Nick Wolf behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we've got a plethora of real estate topics to cover here in this next segment. The NAR president, Tracy Casper, has resigned. We'll get to that momentarily. We've seen the first annual decline in realtor membership at NAR since 2012. That was not a great time to be selling real estate, although we did pretty well. And then we also have a, a commission lawsuit debate coming up. I want to get to all this stuff here. Very fascinating. First, let's start with NAR president, Tracy Casper. So this happened yesterday. And... It was announced that Tracy Casper, who was, I guess, the interim president, um, she cited a recent threat as a reason for stepping down, and President-elect Kevin Sears is stepping into the role effective immediately. Um, this is the second NAR resignation for the president in the past year. This is the uh, multiple resignations from people at NAR in line with CEO Bob Goldberg and President Kenny Parcell or whatever, whatever his name is. Um, I have a lot of things to call him that I can't say on the air. And here's, what, here's her statement. Um, As president and longtime member of NAR, I always have put the interests of NAR first. As a result of the recent threat and given the significance of this moment for myself, my family, and the organization, it is again time for me to put the interests of NAR first. So it is with a mix of gratitude and a heavy heart that I submit my resignation as your president effective immediately. In doing so, it gives our leadership team the ability to take the reins and forge forward in affecting the change that we all have worked so hard over the past few months to begin. I know I leave our members, our staff, and our association in good hands. Here's what happened. She received a threat to reveal a personal, non-financial matter from the past. And at first, she refused and reported the threat to law enforcement, but ultimately, she felt it was best for the organization to step down. Uh, the leadership team at NAR expressed a deep concern over any attempt to undermine the governance of the organization. 
in response to the situation, steps are being taken to protect the integrity of NAR. What do you two think? I guess we don't know who sent the threat. I, I, I wish we did. I want to know everything. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever find out? Non-financial matter. Personal, non-financial matter? Well, I mean, first of all, do we believe anything that comes out? I don't. Right. Well, I I guess, I mean, it must have been something that she was embarrassed enough about. Or, like, that that organization just just needs to be, like, totally cleansed. Like, everybody just needs to go. And they have just all new people come in. Yeah. If, If they... Ha- want a shot right of actually surviving yeah they're so discredited at this point it's a shame could it be going any worse for <laughs> nar right now no. i mean th- this was this is like like a joke and unfortunately we're, we're forced to be members of this organization because we need mls access otherwise we're not serving our clients which i know is a big reason why the three of us are sitting here and that's what one of our core values at our team i mean non-financial personal matter I'll let everyone put the, you know, the, there's, there, could, you could, there could be a number of different things that happened. It can't be good, no, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and this is after going through what happened with, the, uh, with Kenny Parcell after he was uh, a, alleged detailed sexual harassment allegations, um, and then Bob Goldberg, who allegedly put up with it all and allowed it to happen. Now you have this happen. It's like, what are these guys doing? And, and, and what are these people doing? I, I don't understand how you think you're going to get away with stuff in 2024 now. There's cameras everywhere, emails, text messages, right? Can't do anything unless you want to get caught. Right. Like, don't, right. don't do anything you don't want to get caught for. That, that's the advice I have for people. Yeah. It, it's really disappointing. And, and they put her in here as the interim president. I mean, didn't they, like, don't they do background checks on these people? Right. I think they were just pulling somebody from within. Mm-hmm. Not knowing how corrupt and deep it goes, or just hoping that nobody would find out. But obviously, there's all kinds of internal problems there. Right. All kinds of internal problems. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> the who power struggle. knows if NAR was aware of that at the time that they put her in that position. Like, whatever it is. Like, this could have been, you know, who appointed her? I think NAR. What's But let's, who of oh, NAR? Who in NAR? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, cause the cause it's the whole it's like a whole cesspool there now. Right. I mean, they're all interconnected. Everybody in leadership knows the leadership, right? Uh, yeah, and it just seems like it's just so corrupt at this point, right? Although, it's, like, what's interesting here too, though, which I don't know how, like, let's think about this. If there, if the threat is that she needs to, um, like, announce whatever this is that they want her to announce, I guess it's not like it was. Like a ransom note, like oh, now you're like successful. Give not a ransom note, but like a blackmail. Doesn't sound like like blackmail, right? Like I, to well, get. Oh, this is like, definitely blackmail. Yeah, but I guess, but just blackmail for her to reveal it, not blackmail for money. Or it just like if you continue in your post, hey, this is what's going to come out. Yeah, because she said it was a personal, but not, not financial. financial matter. Interesting. So, I mean, you know, I, I look at this and there was a, um, I mean, blackmail is, no, obviously she did something bad enough that she doesn't want to talk about it. Right. right. She, she does not want it to come out. Yeah. Rather give up the position I, and have it yep, come out. I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, you know, to me, it's just, it, it's another example of the good old boys club, or in this case, the good old women's club or whatever you're going to call it. And it, it's really disappointing. And, and the problem is too, who wants this job, right? I mean, like as a real estate agent, you know what I want to go do? I want to go help people buy and sell real estate. 
That's my job. That's my focus. I'm here to serve the clients and you know, people. It, it's kind of like being president of the U.S. It sounds like a horrible oh my job. God, I right. would never want that job. Never. And, and it, it's, but it's, it's always someone that has like, there, there's different aspirations there. I mean, being a politician looks miserable to me. You're working. You think real estate agents work all the time? Right. Those people literally work all the time. Like they're out all day long. They get home at nine, ten o'clock at night, and then they're doing the same thing all over again. I, I just, I don't get it. And it, it takes a certain kind of person there, and it's just really disappointing that they. I mean, I'm just waiting for the next one. Like, what what this guy Kevin Sears do? I'm kidding, Kevin. I don't know you. I know you're from Massachusetts, but like, imagine like, w- what else is going to happen here? Right. NAR could not. I've never seen a trade organization fall apart like this before, and it's unfortunate because we're we're part of it because of the job that we do. Although I don't I don't know that you know. I mean, it's just it's just really really un- unfortunate. Wait, yeah. do we know when the threat? came in uh, it, it, there's not a lot of details around so I mean, hopefully they had enough time to properly vet the well he was the president-elect so he already was like, oh, they, they always have a president-elect lined up the year before and then they shadow him for a year is kind of the idea that's how gotcha. they're set up so um just another black eye for nar i i, I we're never going to find out what she did maybe we will who knows let's move on to the next story here i mean we could just complain about this all day so in light of that Here's another bad move by NAR. So there's a, there's a Housing Wire debate. So Housing Wire, one of my go-to news websites here, to, uh, they, they work with Real Trends as well. On January 26th, so it's next Friday is the date, they're having a virtual debate between Michael Ketchmark, the plaintiff's attorney for the Scissor Burnett Commission lawsuit, and Anthony Lamakia, CEO of Lamakia Realty, um, and an outspoken advocate for realtors um, to discuss the trial. I, I'm, I'm just, wh- why isn't NAR spearheading this? How did Lamakia get this? Couldn't they have picked anybody better? Wh- what do you think about this open debate? I mean, we already saw the Josh Flagg interview the, from Million Dollar Listing with Michael Ketchmark. What do, what do you think about this? I mean, th- this to me is, is, is pretty interesting. So what is the purpose of it? The purpose of the debate is? Well, just to like go over to, the to case. Debate, yeah, debate the pros debate and the cons, case. yeah. To with the hopes of, um, I don't think it's anything more than. I, I mean, this is a PR move, right? Okay. I mean, it's going to be it's moderated. Change minds or hearts, it, or something. I didn't know it because all of these copycat cases are coming up. If it's to try to slow that down, or I don't know, I don't I, know. The the idea, I mean, it's to provide a forum where these two can go uh, talk about the value of a buyer broker and the future of real estate commissions. Okay, I gotcha. So it's to, it's really to show in a good light what the value. Is oh okay, so it's not one for one against. Oh no, it's definitely right. one for one against. Michael right. Ketchmark is heavily against. Okay, right, because yeah. he was the attorney that represented in the Sitzler Burnett case, mm-hmm. right? So, like, what value could come out of it? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd be curious to see it, though. Honestly, I, I like the idea of this, and and I'm a little more plugged in probably than you two are. Um, I've seen Anthony Lamacchia talk about these things before, and he's published some videos. He's got a couple. Fo- he's got you know he's got a following on on social, like a lot of real estate agents do. You know, myself included. It, there was one video in particular. I watched it over the weekend, and he basically said like, "Hey, come sue me." Like that was the message I got. Is like, "Hey, I'll, I'll defend this. I'm willing to go for it." I, I don't know that I want to be the one out there debating this with the attorney because one. You're putting a target on yourself. I don't, I don't think that's a smart move as a business owner in general. I mean, I like just to do what we right. do best, which is help people buy and sell real estate, right? right? And 
I, 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 you know, that that's always the, the main thing for our team. And I think you guys know that well enough about our organization. And, and you're a big part of that, the both of you and Nick. I mean, that's all we focus on. So I don't know that I want to be the one doing this. However, there's got to be somebody better that can represent. I mean, this is what NAR should have been doing. Like, this is my point. Like, there's no leadership there. And they're relying on a team leader who runs a team brokerage to do all this stuff. And I think that's the gap between NAR and what we're seeing with Anthony Lamaki or somebody else, say whatever you want about the person. His company sells a lot of real estate. I mean, that that's really what that it is. Do you think that he will put on a good debate? Like, do you think he'll be able to go head to head with um, Tesler? I, I don't know him personally. I know who he is, and I would imagine it's going to be pretty strong if it's moderated properly. Like a CNN interview with Josh Flagg kept getting interrupted the whole time. I don't. We watched, and it was like they just let uh, Michael, and it was only like five minutes, so it yeah. wasn't like a like a debate is actually a, a better format for this, in my view, yeah. where there's there's some moderation there. Um, he's going to do a better job than NAR did. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, they already lost the case. I mean, it's yeah. so. I, I like that it's an industry leader. Uh, I just would have loved someone that maybe is, you know, I mean, there, there, there could have been a lot, uh, a lot of different people that would have done this. Or maybe the CEOs of the companies debate them or, or something like that. Now, they're involved in a lawsuit, so I don't know if that's viable. Like, I mean, you know, Lamakia and his companies, they're not named in any of this stuff. So, I mean, obviously that has something to do with it. Hmm. Who do you think is going to win the debate? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um I mean, lawyers are lawyers, <laughs> and they know their stuff. And um, if they're good, you he know. He seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they know how to put on a show. Yeah. And, and you know, they're, they're very good at, at communicating. Then he could wipe up the floor. <laughs> with right. He's not going to – Anthony yeah. Lamacchio will not get the floor wiped. I can tell you okay. right now. I, right. I don't I – don't, I mean – I'm not saying he's, you know, the best. I, I don't know him. I know mm-hmm. who he is. Um, my ops, I think he's going to do a better job than Josh Flagg did because he's going to be more prepared. I think Josh went on that interview and just kind of. Loosey-goosey. Mm. Yeah, and, and, you know, Josh Flagg is a very successful agent. And, you know, it's also when you're dealing in the luxury market of Los Angeles, I think it's a much different conversation than when you're talking about the homes that we sell, for right. example. Um, right. You know, it, I was joking around with people I know out there. We, we would be on the TV show Quarter Million Dollar Listing <laughs> uh, because we sell lots of those. And yeah. th- and, and I think that's, that's his argument. This is for the, the, the everyman, right, the, mm-hmm. the average person. So um, I bet Anthony Malaki is going to be a lot more prepared. I'd be attacking Michael Ketchmark on exactly how he gets paid because it's basically the same thing. I mean, I, I, there's, there's a strategy here to win. I think this could help. Um, and – you know, maybe it maybe it maybe it helps the the loss. I don't think he's going to get the floor wiped to them. I think it's going to be actually a little more uh, of a formidable debate. I'll be tuning in for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to be watching. I mean, it has it like says here that for Ketchmark, when he he first gained national attention in 2002, when he won a 2.2 billion verdict against a pharmacist in Kansas City who diluted the chemotherapy drugs given to thousands of patients to maximize profit. I mean, that is like wow. horrendous. That's something to that. Like so, and I feel there was another one for like wrongful deaths death and like something with an emergency room doctor like stuff that i feel like you could really get people behind because that's so awful like what what was being done whereas like i don't know if you would be able to pull those same hearts and i'm sure he's like a phenomenal attorney but like i don't know that there's the same heartstrings there that you can like pull as in some of maybe his previous cases you know, I mean, there's always people that feel like they get they get screwed in a real estate transaction no matter what happens. And a right. lot of it's because 
the agents don't properly explain things. So mm -hmm. I think there's, but it's it's not they're getting screwed. It just wasn't wasn't laid out properly. Yeah. In, in I mean, we deal with standard contracts. It's not anything. Mm -hmm. for, and I, I can't tell you how many people that they, they they would not have bought a house if it wasn't for working with Stacy or with you. I think of a couple clients like we've, we we've talked about uh, with, with both you guys. You know that they wouldn't have gotten there had they not had the right advice. And I think that's what's being missed here. And the, the, the job of a personal injury attorney, I mean, when they spill blood in the water, they kind of go after it. Let's yeah. call it what it is. Okay. And, and, I mean, Lance Lambert said that on the Knowledge Brokers podcast. He, he actually asked us this question. I, I, I was all about Lance. And then he's like, I got a question for you guys. And I'm like, oh, boy. And he said that usually that, you know, when they, when they smell blood in the water, they kind of go after it. And they go to get paid. And I think that's probably what's happening here more than anything else, as evidenced by the copycat lawsuits that we're seeing. Yeah, right. Yes, they all jumped on board. That's and what sure. the national like reach out for like has anybody sold a house, bought or sold a uh, <laughs> been involved in a real estate transaction these years? Contact us. <laughs> like, right, the commercials at yeah, you know, eleven thirty at night. It's like Better Call Saul. If you ever watch that show. Yeah. So, all right. So we got one more piece of news here. I'm going to be tuning into this debate. I think it's it's smart to do it. And unfortunately, we're not seeing a lot of real estate leaders talk about this. I mean, we talk about it all the time. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me because we're running a training around here's what to do in the era of the commission lawsuit. And people are like, I haven't heard anything from my broker or my team leader about this. If that's happening to you, shoot me a DM or something. I can get you tuned into our training that we're running next, next Wednesday. It's going to be really, really helpful. So you can go sell houses in spite of this commission lawsuit because we're certainly doing it. And it's coming up a lot, by the way. You had to come up. You've had to come up. I had the first phone call I made the day after the ruling on November 1st. I had to come up. So, I mean, it's, it's very real. It's a surprise that some of these brokers are not addressing this. Mm -hmm. This is major. We've been talking about it from, gosh, even before they went. You know, you've been tracking this for ever Years. since. It ca yeah. Yes, thank you. Right. I'm, I'm, exactly. I, I have nothing else to do, Sarah. I sit in my office and re read about real estate all day long. No, but we've been, I, we, I feel like we brought this up. Before. I feel like our first show, we like. When we recorded it, we were, we're very nervous. Yeah. about, yes. you know, what could happen. It's, it's been, it's been going on a while. So, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just grateful that we are in the know because we have, you know, people like you, Tom, that keep us in the know and that want to have, you know, the positive reputation and, and really care about what's going on out there. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Well, that, that means a lot. And it's also because we have great people we're working with that all actually really care about their clients, too. And, and we can't do this without everyone here. Enough love fest here, Stacey. We got other stuff to talk about. But thank you. That, that does mean a lot, probably more than you know. Um, what I will say to that is that real estate, it, it's, full, it's this industry where people just do things the same way all the time. Like, oh, I've been in the business 30 years. And... <laughs> This is how I've, I, I, I've gone to every single settlement I've had and, and all this non... That's, just, that's part of real estate, unfortunately. Last story we got here, and this actually plays to what we're talking about here. NAR saw their biggest decline in membership, their first decline in membership since 2012. So um, as of the end of December, um, the NAR, a National Association of Realtors, is down to 1.554 million members down 26,000 and change from a year ago. But in the month from November to December, they lost 17,489 of that tw of those 26,000. Uh, that's twice the sum of the total of all the other declines in 2023 put together. Wow. What does that tell you about what's going on in the market right now? What's going on at NAR? And I mean, this is kind of wrap the, the commission lawsuit, you name it. I mean, what, what, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think that like, even if nothing um, difficult or negative is going on every year, there's going to be people that drop out and new people that come in. Just circle of life. <laughs> but yes. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there are, you know, there's a lot of speculation. It is different um, currently being involved in real estate transactions than it had been for the last couple years. Um, and if you were on the fence about it, I think it was an easy decision for some people just to get out. Also, if they look at back over the past year at, you know, if they haven't, you have to have transactions go through and get to settlement to get paid. Yes. Um, and it doesn't matter if you were close a lot or if people like you or if whatever, like at the end of the day, like this is what you do to live. Um, and you can only go so long without getting a paycheck. <laughs> right. So you have to consider getting out. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But for folks that are just choosing to not be a member of NAR, I think that's probably the bigger picture here of the number. Great point. Because people are, they're not getting any value out of these hundreds of dollars that we have to pay NAR. So they're like, why am I doing this? I don't want to be a part of this organization. They obviously don't have, you know, their, uh, the integrity has been lost there. Um, it started at the very top, and it seems like it's just continuing. So they've got nothing but negative and negative and negative press. And why would you want to, you know, go around touting that you're a member of NAR, you know? And, and we often question, where's our value? What's the value? We have to be in it because of our MLS. Right. So, and, and they keep raising their fees. They have, they uh, had an, an increase. Well, obviously, because they're, you know, bleeding membership here. So they're losing money. Um, and Bob Goldberg got a golden parachute, didn't he? What was his takeaway? Too much. Yeah. So, which is questionable there. I mean, F that guy, what, is what I would say there. So. <laughs> right. And it, it just seems like the drama is continuing. And if you're, if you're in the news because of drama and not because of service, you have a major, major problem. And it doesn't look to me that they're trying to change anything anytime soon. So you bring up a couple great points. And before I get to those, you know, we live in Philadelphia, right? So a lot of people like the sports teams around here, the Philadelphia Eagles. What has everyone been talking about? The meltdown of the team over the, like, it's nonstop. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm as big of a fan as anybody. It, it, it stinks. But they're talking about all the things that are going wrong right now. And just when you think it can't get any worse, then something else happens, right? That's what's going on with NAR right now. It's like one th and and I actually, the Eagles are in way better shape than NAR, by the way. Like, <laughs> I mean, not, I, I do not want to, uh, I know some people that used to work with the organization. I, they're, they're in way better shape. Uh, but it's like one thing after another. And then th that story yesterday, I'm like, you got to be kidding me with this. Like, the, now the person that took the other person's place, blackmail? Like, I mean, how much worse is it going to get? Yeah. So with your point, Stacey, Washington State reported the largest percentage year-over-year -year decline in NAR membership. At 9.51%, they lost over 2,000 members. And the largest in-state MLS, the Northwest Multiple Listing Service, is not affiliated with NAR. So all those people backed out. We also saw that Coldwell Banker franchise say, hey, we don't need to affiliate with NAR anymore. Um, we've got Redfin is no longer a member of NAR. Well, that's a, that's a lot of agents right there. Um, and they might have a high volume that aren't doing a lot of transactions, but that, that's what happens. There's only a few states that reported increases, um, and they were all pretty nominal. Um, the, actually, the biggest increase was Puerto Rico, believe it or not. They had a 22.84%, um, probably because they're operationalizing real estate in Puerto Rico is my guess. Um, so you're right on that it's the states that are saying, hey, you don't need MLS access. I think that's actually pretty interesting. According to a 1,000-watt and BAM agent survey, 71.7% of real estate agents would not let the opportunity pass them by 
to leave NAR without losing MLS and lockbox access. Wow. That tells Huge. you what you need to know. And when I, I don't, you know, I mean, especially with the things that have happened, it's not like it's, oh, this is bad business or this is, it's, it's been some pretty vile things that have gone on. I don't blame 71% of the, of the real estate population. I tend to feel the same way. I just, we don't have an option here. And this number is going to increase. And we're also going to see people, especially with license renewal coming up in May, I think we're going to see a lot of people even drop out even more for the reason you talked about, Sarah, because there's some agents, they're out there, and they're real estate agents in name only because they're not helping people. And that, that's the other issue that we're running into. Any other takeaways here from this? I mean, this is a lot to digest. What a disaster like th- th- that's going on right now with NAR and this lawsuit. And I mean, and the membership numbers show it. I mean, it, it's, pre- it's pretty clear. I think, I think it's going to get worse. I think more is going to come out. Oh, I think you're right. And if they thought that 2024 was going to be their, their year to recover. <laughs> oh, not off to a good start. <laughs> no. And I think you're right, Sarah. I think something, there's more to this. Yeah. There's definitely more to this. And, and we're going to find out more as, as it plays out. It's uh, just the drama. And oh Tracy, I gosh. mean, she she stepped down, but I bet it's still going to come out. <laughs> it's still going to come out. They got her out, but they're still going to say, hey, here. Yeah. It, it always comes out. Yeah. It always comes out. So we're going to leave it there. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about if you want to be in the arena and not be in Club 87, which is the 87% of agents that fail in real estate, there's some things you need to prep for because proper preparation prevents poor performance. We're going to come right back, talk about that how to be ready for appointments at any time on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-439. 8,000. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's Tom, tool with an E, dot com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. 
Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick Wolf behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Main Line, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're going to be going over how to be absolutely prepared for any appointment because you need to be interview ready at all times in this business. We talked about this at our uh, team meeting in November, right after the commission lawsuit ruling came out. So I think it's a great topic, Sarah. That's your brainchild here. So if you get some value out of this, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications. And if you want to talk about how this could help you with your real estate needs or your career, schedule a call with our amazing team in the link in the comments. So we were prepping for the show. Mm -hmm. And I said, we talk about economic stuff all the time, industry stuff all the time. Our guests couldn't make it. What should we talk about? Sarah, take it away. Explain. So I was thinking like in the day today when you're out and if you want to be able to, you know, take that uh, client calls and um, a property pops up and, um, you know, you want to be able to fit that into your schedule or a, somebody that you've been trying to get the listing for forever calls and is like, all right, I can do it in 20 minutes, <laughs> like whatever, which is never ideal because like you want to always be able to be like properly prepped for, especially on the listing side. But, um, you know, I think it's easy to, you have your day kind of ready and you're like, all right, I'm going to like this showing and that showing and this things that I would say are good to always have in your car are like boots, like for if a property cut, like gets added to your, you know, your showing schedule for the day that you're going to be out like walking the property in in the mud or you know like just having high heels on and going through certain places makes zero sense um so i guess having like extra footwear so you can kind of get through that one other thing this is kind of random but maybe like a lighter now that we're getting into those like sometimes there's like frigid temperatures have you ever went to open a lockbox and it was frozen like the yeah I, that, that's happened to me many times. I never even would have thought of that, Sarah. That's genius. Yeah, so, like, it would have to be the right kind of lockbox. Um, you, you know, you don't want to just, like, go melting the plastic on mm -hmm. anything. But sometimes those gears are just, like, it's hard to get them, like, started if you're, you know, you're the first one using it in a while and you've had some below freezing temperature days. That's um, a great idea. Like, one of those you light yeah. the candles with. Yeah, yeah. Because a lighter, I would, you know, they... Right, yeah, that would be quick. But yeah, one be of easier. those... Yeah, one of the like longer ones yes. and just like candle lighter, candle lighter. Right. And you wouldn't be able, you know, you can't have it up there like for forever that you like burn your fingers. Right. And you but just sometimes so, just if it's, yep. you know, that might be the difference between uh, yeah. being able to get it loosened up or not. Because that's the, that is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's already freezing cold and you're trying to open a lockbox. All right. So. And you've exactly. driven there and you're going to look yeah. at that. That's great. That's a great right. call, that Sarah. That is a good one. Yeah. I, does, I think WD 40 will. Oh, that might work too. And I always carry WD-40. Smart. And I have a little can. I always yeah. keep it. Because do you ever try to get a key into a lock and it gets stuck or you yep. can't get it in because nobody ever lubricates their right. door locks? 
so so many times I've pulled that little thing out and I've fixed locks for people, like so that the key flows oh, in and out. Oh, that is smart. So if you get a nice smooth lock, it might have been because I WD'd. The, no, oh, I'll but look, I think yeah, I'll look and see if your card sitting in there because you already showed it. Like, this this key went in way too smooth. <laughs> That's right. The MacGyver of real it's estate, like, yeah. Stacey Mitchell. Sometimes I'm afraid to break the right. key. Can you imagine if you break the key off in the lock and then what are you gonna say? Right, I broke your key off. In the I'm lock. gonna put right now for later tonight. Get WD forty. Yeah, little keep it a little can. Yeah. I, it, it's like a miracle thing, and not only that, it's good for like doors and everything, door like hinges and things like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would definitely on the boot thing get make sure you have like a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. Like I had one in my car today. Yeah. <laughs> so thank God. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always keep a rain jacket. The extra shoes is is definitely mm-hmm. and a little hand towel. Yep. Um, a measuring tape. Yes. That's a good That's, one. That's you always have to have that and a flashlight, some yep. kind of light flashlight. Yes. Yeah. Now flashlights can also um, they have dual purpose. So if you get a big, um, a, a heavy flashlight, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can feel secure with a heavy flashlight yeah. if you're walking around. So <laughs> yeah, if you find yourself showing like empty homes or mm-hmm. shells that somebody investors are gonna, I always take my flashlight with me. It's yeah. a multi-purpose tool. Nice. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna approach this on the listing side. I think it's a little different. So um, one thing I, I'm I'm a big believer in for both is keep your presentation packages with you, right? Like a buyer or a seller, because it, it, even if it's on the weekend, you want to have to drive to the office and then drive somewhere else, or maybe you have something going on. I think that's a mistake that you want to be interview ready. Um, I say this all the time. You got to dress the part, right? So I have like five ties in my office. I keep two in my car. They're pretty neutral. Ladies, you don't have this problem. You don't need to wear neckties. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you want to be dressed appropriately because you don't want to show up and like, oh, I got – great. Can you come over now? And this has happened recently. Like we had an appointment last Friday with um, Kevin from our team. We've been chasing this person down, trying to meet with him, and she said, hey, I can meet you in an hour. And, wow. and, and you know, they have a busy life. They run a restaurant. So I kind of get it. But if I wasn't ready, driving home, driving – you miss your opportunity. Um, and you don't know who's watching you with these appointments either. Like when the parents, you ever done a deal with like someone's parents or like a relative or something, they're, they're always watching you. So I think being dressed appropriately, making sure you got your presentations with you. I would bring gum or some sort of breath mint. Mm-hmm. I don't yes. eat like smelly stuff at, at work, but imagine like you had like garlic or something and, and mm-hmm. you're like, or yep. just like you feel like your breath stinks. I yep. mean, that's, and you're talking to people, that's going to turn some folks off. Like yeah. it's actually pretty, pretty wild that that happens. So those are things, and I'm a big believer in bringing your phone with you everywhere and having a phone charger. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want your phone to die, right? I would even get a charging pack, mm-hmm. like one of those battery packs, you know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes the ones in the car are a little finicky. Yeah. So I'd make sure your phone, you have the ability to charge it, because, I mean, that way people can track you, they can see where you are. I think those things are all pretty important, and I would keep my, like, I, I carry a portfolio, because apparently all I do is sell real estate, according to Sarah, I just research it. But it's like a, le- like a place where you can keep notes and, like, bring a presentation so you look like you're showing up for the part. Yeah. And for guys, I would also bring like an electric razor because I mean, I don't like some people, they grow a beard in like 10 minutes. Like (laughs) I'm not one of those people, clearly. But if you got a later appointment, you don't want to show up like you look like you were out all night or you got a five o'clock shadow. I think that's something that can be be pretty, pretty effective as well. Yeah, yeah, they're all. I I love those. They're all great points. I mean, the razor I don't need, but <laughs> I love the the consult books. Oh yes, yeah, yep. I have a container in the back of the car that has all those. Has mm-hmm. that? Has booties? Extra booties? You know that it's kind of like my crash kit for real estate. Right. You guys yeah. bring snacks in the car? Do you have yes. any like power yep. bars? Or Always anything? have snacks and water. Yep. Because you never know. Yeah. 
you know? And this way it'll prevent you from eating, like, really disgusting stuff out there. <laughs> right, right. That I agree with. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all we got for this week's episode. You want to follow Sarah? She's at Ty underscore Ty Time on Instagram. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchko. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. And we're streaming live every single week on YouTube. Just click on the uh, button to subscribe, the bell for notifications. We're here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock on WWDB 860 AM. Thank you.